thank you so much for listening to the Convergence Podcast. We pray that God speaks to you during this message and that He moves in your life. I really, what I want to do is I want to, I actually uh, started this about, I don't know, whatever, two weeks ago, whatever it is. Um, And I was just talking about the power of sonship in our everyday lives because if it, it, we have to make it practical, you know, we have to, how does sonship, this whole idea of intimacy, this whole idea of being sons and daughters, how does that impact me tomorrow? Today, tomorrow, how does that impact me with my family? How does that impact me with, with when I go to work? How does that impact? How does that impact my life uh, in a in a way that that actually makes a difference? And I'm telling you, the more I've the more I've studied this, the more I've gone into the Word, the more I've just talked to the Lord about this. Um, it is to me, uh, and I'll just submit it to you. It is the the absolute. Uh, very foundation of our, of our Christianity, I'll just say that, of our walk with the Lord. If we don't get this uh, secured, oops, secured, I just came back from vacation and I almost fell over. Um, if we don't get this secured uh, and brought not just in our, in a, not from our, you know, our understanding, but here in our heart, that that we are actually sons and daughters, and, and that actually is the bookcase that everything else rests on. It, it, is the, it is the foundation that we have a Father in heaven that, um, that loves you and loves me perfectly. And it's, it's hard to understand, it's hard to grow in that revelation, especially since we've never had perfect parents. And we've never, we've never been perfect parents. And, and so to have an understanding of a father who is absolutely perfect in all his ways and he actually treats us perfectly in his perfect love is, it's, it's not only a lifelong journey, I think it's an eternal journey. Like understanding the depths of the, of the father's love and learning to embrace um, his heart. And one of the things that, that's challenging me re- lately is this. Um, I understand that the, the Father loves me. Like, I, I've read the Word, and I, and I, I got the revelation, but I, I'm growing in allowing him to love me. Like, what does that look like? Um, like I could talk theologically with you about um, the Father heart of God. I could talk with you theologically through the New Testament, through the Old Testament about God's Father heart. I could talk to you, but am I allowing Him to father me? Does that make sense to you? Like that's to me where the rubber meets the road. That's where life is lived. And how am I allowing him to father me? And how, and what does that look like at greater levels of allowing him to father me? And so if you like understood a little bit of my journey, you know, my natural father 
passed away when I was 17 years old. He had a, he had a sudden heart attack and he, um, and he fell on the kitchen floor and he was gone. And I was, uh, I was in the living room and I tried to resuscitate um, him and I couldn't. I didn't know how to do it. I just ran and got uh, his World War II buddy, tried to bring him over and he knew he was gone at that point. So, so that's been, you know, that's been over 40, ooh, 40 years ago. And, um, and my dad was a, he was a great dad, but he didn't, he didn't know Jesus. I mean, you don't know until the, you know, I pray at the very end of his life, somehow, some way, he gave his heart to the Lord. Um, it was interesting. He was talking about Noah before he died. I just thought that was so strange. Um, he says, I believe in Noah. That's all I remember. Um, and then after that, he just, boom. Um, which was, anyway, very interesting. And, um, and so I, my dad didn't, you know, he didn't understand the, God's love. He just did the very best he could in, in, loving, in loving his kids. And so, so I'm gaining revelation on how the Heavenly Father, um, how allowing the Heavenly Father to love me, what does that look like? And I'm just letting you know that that's a journey for me. Does that make sense? Like, that's a, that's a journey that starts early in the morning for me and me sitting in a chair and just saying, okay, I, I'm, I understand that you're a perfect heavenly father, so how, does that, how is that activated in my own personal life? Like, how do I receive that? How do I grow in that? How, I, how do I, so help me to know your heart for me and help me to grow in that revelation. Does that make sense? And so that's kind of been the, the journey that, uh, that I've been on. And I know that to me, it's, it's, it's pivotal and it's foundational for everything else I do in life and ministry. It affects how I raise my kids. It affects how I raise my grandkids. It affect, it's, it's beginning to affect um, every area of my life. And this has really been happening over the course of uh, probably a year, a year and a half for me. And I can see the changes. And I'm... I'm asking the Lord, I'm really going after Romans chapter 5, verse 5, which says that the Holy Spirit actually fills us with the Father's love. So I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to come and fill me and fill me and give me an impartation of the Father's love, not to where I just know it, but to where I actually experience it. Like I want to feel the Father's love for me. Does that make sense? And there's nothing wrong with that, asking that prayer. There's nothing wrong with going after that in prayer. Like, I receive it by faith, but I'm asking the Lord, I, I want to know, I want to know, I want, I want to experience your heart for me. And much like I hope that in our marital re- unions that we have, that we're in covenant with, that we actually, our spouses could actually feel the, the love that you have for them. Not just an understanding, not just a, not just a ring that's on our fingers that actually say we're in covenant, but to actually experience that kind of love or as, as, in, as imperfect as it is to experience that kind of love, giving that love to our spouse so they actually not only know it, they feel it. And there's security in that. And so, um, so I just want to let you guys know that this is, a, this is a journey for all of us. And that is understanding the Father's embrace and that he loves you unconditionally. 
He, loved, there's, he loves you constantly. There's never a moment where he takes his foot off the pedal in terms of his love for you. There's never a moment where he just says, you know what, I'm just going to take my foot off the gas on this. No, I think that as pedal to the metal, I think his love for us continues to come and, and will continue to come in every area, in every situation, and really even in the areas where we just do not understand. And to me, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the one where I take it by faith, right? So, so when I don't understand, that's when I have, to, I have to lean not on my own understanding, right? And I have to actually trust him that he's a perfect father in the middle of all of it. And I think that's where the, sometimes that's where the, the, the rubber meets the road or, or that, you know, we, we fall back into Isaiah 55 that his thoughts are greater. His ways are greater. And I'm not going to be able to understand all of his thoughts and all of his ways. I'll be able to understand what he gives me. But there, I live in the tension of not fully understanding, but yet trusting. Does that make sense? And so I just would encourage you that you're not going to fully understand everything that comes along, even though we seek understanding. And the Father might be gracious enough to give us the understanding, but sometimes he might give it to us in small amounts, but his ways are still greater and his thoughts are still greater, and his love for me doesn't shift or change in spite of it. And so um, I laid out, I think, seven things Last week, uh, two weeks ago, whatever, I don't know, this is like the third part of this. I have this chart, you know, it's all these notes. And it's like, I can't get through this thing, and I'm going to get through it today. I'm going to be done today. Say yes. All right. So I had, I don't know, I had seven things. I'm telling myself, I'm preaching this to myself right now. I had seven things on here (laughs) over the last two weeks, and I'm going to go through ten right now. All right? You guys say, we believe you can do it. Go ahead, say it. Thank you. Thank you. I need that encouragement. My voice is changing at the same time. So, um, so it's the power of sonship in our everyday life. And so uh, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is it's a little different. You know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to kind of read it. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this is the difference it's making in my own life right now. And if it's not there, the Father's love isn't there, or if there's a void, this is how I function. Does that make sense? All right. So I had seven things. I'm not going to go over them. But I am going to start with number whatever it is. Number eight. Here we go. You guys ready? All right. Uh, when I walk in sonship, I have a greater revelation of my, um, or have greater levels of authority, a greater revelation of my authority as a son. As sons and daughters, we know that we have been given, uh, we've been given authority to steward what the Father has given to us, and our authority is an extension of His, and we do the works of the kingdom from a place of sonship. We don't do the works of the kingdom from a place of duty. We do the works of the kingdom from a place of sonship. If I don't have that revelation, when I don't have that revelation as a son and daughter, then I tend to live much more timid. And I'm not really sure if God is for me. Um, I live in a place of uncertainty. 
I feel inferior where authority needs to be exercised. In other words, when I don't live in this place of sonship, I lack courage. And I actually shrink back a little bit from taking that bold step of faith that I need to take. I can do that far, far more just like Jesus did when he knew that he was in this place of being the son of the living God, but being fathered by the father, he can actually do and step into those realities with much more courage. If I don't sense the father's love for me, then I tend to be timid and I don't know for sure if he's with me or not. I could do it. I could step out because at least I have the word of God. And the word of God commissions me to step out. And that's awesome. We have the word of God. But I don't want to just step out based on the word of God. I want to step out knowing, I want to step out from the place where I have the sense of authority as a son to step out. Of course, the word of God is always going to support that. Does that make sense? Number two, number nine, whatever it is. I'm going to say number two. When I walk in sonship, I can freely love others because I experience being fully loved. There is, a, there is little shortage of God's unconditional love coming from me. It's not dependent on what others do or say to me or if others deserve or don't deserve love. It's a love that is supernaturally selfless with no strings attached. When I have a revelation of the Father's heart, when I have a revelation that I am a, a son of a perfect heavenly Father, then I am filled with his love and I can live, filled, I can live from that reality and begin to push his love towards you. It's a supernatural, unselfish love. It's a love that has no strings attached. It's the kind of love that Jesus walked with. It's not based on how you are treating me. It's not based on how your spouse is treating you. It's not based on how your, your family is treating you. The love of God is a supernatural love of God. It's called agape love. It's an unselfish love that is actually imparted into the believer so he can love people unconditionally and be on a cross, so to speak, and say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. It's a sacrificial love that actually lays down their life for somebody else. That does not come naturally. But we can grow in that revelation of the Father's heart as we sense and draw near and have this area, this, this growing uh, void in our life filled with the, sons, the sonship of the Father. I could actually love you unconditionally. I can actually forgive you. I can actually drop all my judgments towards you. That stuff cannot be, that stuff is so hard to do. But it's, it's when the love of God fills my heart that I could actually do that. I'm empowered to do it. One of the key things for me about understanding the Father's heart, and I, it's kind of like one of the things that I, uh, the activating part of the Father's love in my heart is that I have compassion for people. Like, even though you hurt me, or even though someone says something as a leader, you get, you know, you know, you know? So, 
You just, you just do. It goes with the territory, right? But, but I, could, I, could, I could love you in spite of that. And that's not going to separate my love from you. That's only a deposit that the Holy Spirit can give you of the Father's love. If I don't have that revelation, then I primarily look for love in all the wrong... Anyway. (laughs) I look for love in others. I look for love in things to fill and fulfill um, my life and this ache that I'm feeling, this emptiness that I'm feeling. And it puts the dependence on others or even things to make me happy. The problem is that people are not perfect and things are temporary. Oh, boy. Okay. That's why I said a couple weeks ago, the way we make a marriage, one of the ways we make a marriage strong is that I receive the love from the Father so I can give it to my family. If I, if I stand at the altar and I'm going to be married and I'm expecting her to make me happy, I'm in trouble. I know that sounds kind of weird. But if I'm going into that relationship with a heart to serve her and a heart that's bent, unconditional, bent, it's not a good word, but filled with the unconditional love of God, then I can freely love her out of the resources of heaven. Now, if she takes that position as well, and she's receiving from the Father's love, then now the love tank is filled, and now she can unconditionally love me based on what she's receiving. Now, of course, there's love shared between each other, but that's that's out of the overflow. So that's where love covers a multitude of sin, right? That's where love, you're filled with the love of God, the compassion of God, and now the expectation is not on her to meet all my needs. We get in trouble when we expect our spouse to meet all of our needs, and that's why we have just as much of a divorce rate inside the church as we do outside the church. I mean, that's a problem. We should hit a family thing. We should talk about this. Maybe not that, but, you know, just talk about. And so I'm not saying it can get complicated, but I'm just saying I'm trying to make it simple in the sense of that I cannot make an idol out of my wife. Where she is expected to meet all of my needs. I will be clearly disappointed. Day one. Kind of quiet. You guys all right? My voice changed again. <laughs> number, number 10. When I walk in sonship, I see my purpose, I see my destiny, and I'm thrilled to be partnering with heaven. I have a vision for my life. Why? It's because I'm connected to my source. If I don't walk in sonship, then I grow steadily apathetic to the Lord, and I try to fulfill the requirements of Christianity. Oh, that's a long road. 
I have to, like, when I start saying things like, I have to go to church, I have to read my Bible, I have to pray, I'm in, I'm in dangerous territory. What I should be saying is, I get to go to church, I get to read my Bible, I get to talk to my father, we're moving from a have to to a get to. Love compels me. And then I reward faithfulness, even in my own life. Like, there are times I've said, I have to read my Bible. Like, I'm not, I'm just saying that when we're, when we're constantly uh, feeling that we're required to do something, to fulfill something, I'm just saying that that's, that's probably not the healthiest thing for us in our walk with Jesus. When I fully, in, when I'm, I'll use the marriage example. When I'm, when I'm in love with my, I'm in love with my wife. Not when I'm in love with my wife. I'm in love with my wife and I'm imperfect. Amen. All the guys said, amen, amen right? So I'm in love with my wife, yes. And I'm saying, but because I'm, I'm the more in love with, I am with her, the more I want to serve her. Not because I have to fulfill our marriage requirement. It's out of this devotion, this heart for her, that I actually get to do these things. Vice versa. Yes, our love's imperfect. Yes, we, we make mistakes. Yes, I have that. That was like the wrong attitude. I, I apologize this morning already. I, you know, she said something and I said something. I said, I just want to say, you know, I thought about it for, you know, you ever think, you know, you said it. And you're like, that was not, that was not good. That was not good. So, you know. Probably about three minutes later, I said, I'm sorry I said that. Right? So it's not that whole like, oh, we probably should. Number 10, number 11, number four. I live fully experiencing the Father's love. When I walk in sonship, I live fully. Everyone say fully. Fully experiencing the Father's love. I know I mean, uh, I know I mean something. I have value. I have worth. And it's from this reality I will grow to love the world just like Jesus did. When I don't have this, when I'm not walking in sonship or the fullness of that, I don't have this, I feel little value unless those around me provide it. You start saying things like, do I actually matter to anyone? Or doesn't anyone care? That becomes the constant thought in our words. So I project this onto others, expecting them to meet this ongoing need in my life. It's important to be loved by others, but people can never fully deliver what the Father alone can give you. And I've, I'm writing this down because I've lived it. I mean, has anyone ever said, like, doesn't, doesn't anyone care? Okay, maybe that's a big, that's a huge, anyone's a huge word, right? Or you ever felt like, doesn't, 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 can't, can't someone just call me? Or can't someone just shoot a text out to me? Or I just, you know, like, I understand the realness of that. But the more, I'm just saying that the more I am filled with the Father's love, the less that is required. Okay. Number five, I'm telling you, I'm getting this done. I am content. Everyone say content. 
I know that my Father will give me everything I need, even if in life's difficult situations. I truly rejoice and I'm happy for other people's blessings and successes because I know I'm fully cared for by the Father. That is the litmus test. Can I rejoice in your success? Can I actually bless the favor of God that's on your life? If I don't do that, if I'm not living from that place, if I don't have this revelation of sonship, I feel that God is not meeting or is reluctant to meet my needs. As a result, I grow worried, insecure, and even envious of what others have. What I have never... uh, What I have is never enough. I find it hard to rejoice in others' blessings and their successes. To me, that's a litmus test of my heart. Can I truly rejoice in how God is blessing you without being envious? When you say, I don't know, something crazy like, I just traveled the world. In two weeks. It was an amazing trip. Now, there's a desire in me that says that would be a lot of fun. But I want to be able to, to completely bless that, bless the provision, bless the success that you're having. And we here love to see you be as successful, as wildly successful in the kingdom. Like wildly, extravagantly successful. In your family, in your finances, and your faith, everything. Number the next one, six. When I walk in sonship, I experience how his love secures my trust. I trust him because I'm fully loved. I trust him because I'm fully loved. What child doesn't trust a loving father? The size of the storm doesn't uproot me because I'm rooted and grounded in love, so I fully trust. I too find it much easier to trust others knowing the Father has my back regardless. When I'm not walking in this revelation, um, when I'm not rooted and grounded in the love of God, I become insecure, I become suspicious, I have a hard time trusting the Lord, I have a hard time trusting anyone else for that matter. So I begin to constantly evaluate whether God has my best interest in mind. This trickles down to judging regularly the motives of other people. There's no good to judge other people's motives. We can barely understand ours. I mean, on a good day, I might understand my motives on a good day. But it's just too much energy to judge other, someone else's motives. So just choose love. Just make a choice. So the more secure I am in the Father's love, the less suspicious I am of you. Doesn't that sound kind of strange? It's true. Um, it's quiet. 
I was going to, you know, you go to these, you ever been in front of somebody who's giving you a presentation at a hotel? You think that they have the, your best interest in mind, but you're suspicious. You know you're going to get a discount. You're going to get some kickback if you just weather the two hours, two and a half hours. I'll leave it there. When I walk on the Father's love, my heart is filled with thanksgiving and gratitude. It comes from experiencing the Father's love being imparted to me while it's Silly to thank him for tragedy in and around my life. I can thank him that he can turn our tragedy into something good. I thank him for the process as he conforms me into the image of Christ. So for me, I know I've shared it many, many times here, is I squeeze every nutrient out of every trial. And trials, like, really suck. But if I could, if I could, if the trial, if I, if I treat the trial in a godly manner, I actually look more like Jesus coming out of it. And that's the point. Like I said before, the goal is not heaven. The goal is the image of Jesus. We're conformed into his image and likeness. I can't even explain half the reasons why I'm going through a trial. But I trust. I mean, I would love to live trial-free. I would love to live with zero pain. But that's not reality. We live in a broken world. Anyway. When I'm not in the place of sonship, I can grow resentful for what I feel is the lack of God's coming through in my life. Has anyone ever walked that line? Thanksgiving slowly turns into growing silence as I try to navigate my growing hostility to the Father with the requirement to praise Him in all things. I feel that in some ways I am abandoned and orphaned until I bring my pain to the Father of all comfort. And I will continue to slip further away from thanksgiving and into greater levels of resentment. In other words... The test for me on a daily basis is, am I thankful? If the level of my thanksgiving, I'll just talk about a meter, you know, or whatever that's coming to my mind as I'm speaking to you. If the level of thanksgiving is not at, at, at least the same or growing, then, then, then there's something that's actually taking place here. And if I don't deal with that area of my heart, then... I can actually compartmentalize that section of my heart and I find myself now not worshiping with the same amount of enthusiasm. 
I, I see it impacting not just me personally, but I see it beginning to impact those around me. And I have to put my finger on what's causing that. And sometimes it's just this growing, God, you're not fair thing. Like, why am I going through this? If I don't take care of that, if I'm not open and honest with the Father about this, then my heart can actually grow resentful and still be able to walk through the doors of a church and shake hands with everybody. Hi, brother. But there's something wrong here. So the more he fills me with his love, I feel like there's greater levels of revelation that come to me that even in those places where I don't have, I have questions, and even in those places that are filled with pain, I could still come into this greater revelation of who the Father is in spite of it and keep my heart in a place of thanksgiving. Now, I'm not going to say, I thank you for this tragedy. But I give him thanks even in the middle of it. It's called the sacrifice of praise. It's the sacrifice of thanksgiving. It's a sacrifice that you give to the Lord while you're here on the planet that you'll never be able to give to him. You won't give it to him in heaven because you'll be like him. It's the perfect sacrifice. When I walk as a son, I influence others positively. People recognize God's love in me as he brings them my way. I host his loving presence, releasing rivers of living water, refreshing others who the Father brings along my path. If I don't live in that revelation, the Father's love is not flowing in me, then I have very little to give others. I'm much more focused on myself. I'm much more focused on my needs. I'm much more focused on my wants. I'm much more focused on my desires. I want people to continually meet my needs because I feel empty. I slowly cease ministry. And compassion for others gives way to cynicism. Compassion for others actually gives way to duty in ministry. And that's saying that it's good for us to be faithful and I've been faithful in seasons, but it's better for me to minister out of the place of fullness than just faithfulness. It's better for me in my marriage to live, have a marriage out of fullness, not simply faithfulness. I could be faithful to Wendy and still not enjoy the relationship. But because I'm committed to right living, I could be faithful. I think God's hearts for us is not just to be faithful, which is amazing, is actually to live in this place of fullness. Where Jesus says there were living uh, fountains of living water flowing out of us to bless you. Oh, come on now. Two more. You ready? When I walk as a son and daughter, trials that I face actually deepens my faith. Though I might not understand the trial, though I at times question the Lord, 
I am secure in the Father's love and choose to send my roots deeper into that love, receiving the nutrients needed to move through the trial. I'm not saying it's easy, but the Father's love is my anchor. On the other hand, when I face trials, if I don't have this revelation and this embrace, I have little security in God because I feel the Father is distant and not lovingly connected to me through the trial, and the trial serves to actually weaken my faith and moves me away from his presence. The trial becomes the enemy to my faith, exposing the fragility of my life in God. You know what's interesting? In Jesus' greatest trial, I'll just use the word trial, or you can say level of testing, which was the Garden of Gethsemane, in that in his greatest trial where there was, he sweated great drops of blood, that's where he released the revelation of Father. The trial served to bring him into greater levels of presence. Not getting angry at the Father for the trial. So the trial didn't separate him from the Father. The trial actually positioned him to draw even nearer to the Father. I wish that was the case in my life. The trial especially the ones I don't understand, those are the ones that sometimes actually move me away from the Father's presence because I'm angry. I, I don't understand. It's living with this, mis, this, this, it's living in the tension of not understanding, but yet understanding who he is and trusting in the middle of it. And that's when we become more like Jesus because that's exactly what he did. That's why he said that the cross was the joy set before him. I've never been joyful about a cross. I've never been joyful about a huge trial I'm walking through. I'm drawing near, but I don't wake up in the morning asking the Father to give me another one. I don't know if you're, if I'm, do you know what I'm saying? The last one. I know that I'm cherished when I walk in, as a son and daughter. Here it is. I know that I'm cherished and I'm highly valued. Everyone say, I'm highly valued. I know that I am cared for and kept by the Lord. This doesn't mean I escape persecution or trials. Man, listen to this, right? Mind you, Jesus was tortured and went to the cross. Paul suffered beatings and was whipped at the stake. It was Paul who wrote that the, that the Father is the God of all comfort. None of these things, in these things, their hearts were never, they never felt deserted. 
And I believe that knowing that they were cherished and valued by the Father is what gave way to them to joyfully moving through the trial. If I don't have this revelation of the, of the, as a son and daughter, then if I don't feel cherished and highly valued, I feel abandoned and deserted. If there is little connect, there's little connection with the Father's love, I feel that it was in some way my fault for everything that's happened in my life. So when I experienced the Father heart of God in me, this relationship, the love of the Father, I'm more confident, I'm at rest, I grow in my walk in faith, I find comfort in God, I am full of life, I live in peace, I live yielded to the Father as he works in me, producing godly fruit, I exercise greater levels of authority, I can freely love others because I experience being fully loved. I see my purpose. I see my destiny. I live fully experiencing the Father's love. I'm content. I experience how his love secures my trust. I live from a heart filled with thanksgiving and gratitude. I influence others positively. People recognize God's love in me as he brings them my way. Trials I face actually deepen my faith, and I know that I'm cherished and I'm highly valued. That's available for every single person in this room. That and more is available for every single person in this room. In other words, you don't have to live on the opposite side of that list. But it's something we have to grow into. Well, how do I do it? How do I do this? How do I, how do I get to this place? I, I, I'll just tell you what I'm doing. I'm slowing down, especially when I was in Cancun. Did a lot of amazing slowing down. So, you know, I, we were by the pool a lot. It's great because we listened to audio books or whatever we were, you know. And I would just be on that lounge chair. You know what I'm talking about? With three towels. One for a headrest and then, you know, anyway. And, and I was just asking the Father to fill me with his love. Yes, I was asking for dreams. I was asking God to give me vision. I was asking the Father for all these things. But it was out of this, out of this place of, Lord, I, I need to grow in the revelation of who you are. And I need substance. So fill me with the love of God. You mean that's it? I mean that's it. How was your life transformed? Did you have to work for your salvation? No, you said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and change me. That's how simple it is. And now I live in this place of trusting that he's pouring his love into my heart. And I'm praying that there's actually fruit that can come out of my life in greater levels from the substance of heaven filling my heart. I'll grow in the, in the revelation of the word. And I think that's vital. But I, I, want the, I want the substance of his love to fill me to where I actually see evidence in my daily life. Am I loving my wife better? Am I loving my kids better? 
Am I loving my grandkids better? Am I loving my church family better? Do I, do I walk, you know, on, into the foyer apprehensive of whether someone's really likes me or loves me, or do I just, I'm so filled with the love of God, I can just put my arms around everybody and not be phony. Does that make sense? I mean, I understand there's steps of faith where you just go for it anyway. I think that's cool. But I'd say like where the, the love of the Father is just flowing out of you and you can freely give because you freely received. Where I don't stand in judgment, I actually embrace and love. Amen? All right, let's stand. Just take a moment, 30 seconds. Take your, put your hands out. If you don't feel comfortable with that, I'm sorry. Put them out anyway. I just want you to be a receiver, not for the 49ers. I just want you to be a receiver right now. Just put your hands out and just ask the Father to fill you with his love. Just go ahead. It's a simple prayer. So, Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your love. Romans 5, 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So fill my heart with your love more and more. I just pray for levels of increase in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that the litmus test is how I love others. Fill me with hope. Fill me with compassion. Fill me with the love of the Father. Fill me with this unconditional thing, that substance from heaven that comes. Well, thank you again for listening. We hope that this message leaves a lasting impact on your life and on those around you. For more messages like this, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. God bless.